Welcome to the Leadership Insights Podcast, the podcast that takes you on a journey into the world of leadership, offering a deep dive into the minds of accomplished leaders from various fields around the world. I'm your host, Amanda Jane, originally from the north of Ireland and now living in beautiful Cheshire, England. Together, we'll explore the strategies, experiences, and wisdom that have shaped these incredible leaders into the visionaries they are today through solo episodes and interviews. I'm a leadership and communications coach myself, and I'm passionate about promoting a coaching culture in the workplace, as well as empowering leaders to flourish personally and thrive professionally. Whether you're a seasoned executive, an aspiring leader in business, or someone simply fascinated by the art of leadership, each episode will provide valuable insights, practical tips, and inspiring stories. So get ready for a dose of motivation, innovation, and leadership brilliance on the Leadership Insights Podcast, brought to you by amandajane.co.uk. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Leadership Insights Podcast. And today, my guest is Lola Evans. Hello, Lola. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. Really excited. Lola is a very, very busy lady, and she is a certified executive life and leadership coach based in London, and she also works internationally online, and she's got over 10 years of coaching experience in leadership and career progression and 15 years of professional big four consulting experience. She's also a chartered accountant, business transformation consultant, speaker and self-published author. More about that later. And she also sits on the board of trustees as the treasurer for a small local charity. She's currently a director of PwC and she currently leads a team of finance professionals who support CFOs with technology and transformation. And previously, she's led the 100 Strong Data Privacy and Governance Business, has been the DNI leader for the Technology and Data Analytics Business Unit, and has also served as Chief of Staff to Executive Leadership for a business of 2,500 people. Did I get all that right? You did. Yeah. Hey. Thank you. <laughs> so, as I said, very, very busy. So, I don't know how you do it. Fit all that in. <laughs> So we will move on to get started. What's your favourite motivational song? I had to think quite hard about this one, actually. Um, I have picked a song called Find Me Here. It's actually, it's it's like a TikTok viral song, which uh-huh. is just, I'm not on TikTok, by the way, because I'm a millennial. So I look at everything on Instagram after it's been on TikTok for weeks and weeks and weeks. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a song that's kind of, um, I can't remember the name of the artist, but it's really about having a good year and you know we've I think we've had a rough few years haven't we post-covid yeah. so something to make me feel hopeful about 2024. Yeah that sounds very motivational I'll check that yeah. out I haven't heard it but maybe it might be one of those ones that you know but you don't know that you know if it's been yeah, on I'll Instagram. Send it, I'll send it to you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah I'll add it to the list brilliant do you have a favorite motivational quote? So this might not classify as motivational, but my favourite quote that motivates me is, it's a Zen quote, and we don't quite know where it comes from or who said it, but it says, before enlightenment, chop wood and carry water, and after enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. And I love it because it's really about the importance of the mundane and routine Mm -hmm. and things like that in a world where we think a lot about 
it's always about the next big thing but the big things are made up of the little things that you do all of the time so it just reminds me to stay grounded really yes I love that and um, another lady I was talking to she was saying when she got overwhelmed to just do the thing in front of her and just kicked in and that yeah, yeah I like that and if it's motivational to you it's motivational get so, the job done absolutely <laughs> No, I like that. I, I shall ponder on that one. Thank you. And do you have a favourite book? And it doesn't have to be motivational. I'm always looking for good books. So, again, this was quite hard because it's hard to pick one thing. So I had to think quite hard about this. Um, so I have picked The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, which I thoroughly recommend to everyone. And it is essentially about how do you break through, he talks about upper limit problems. So how do you kind of move yourself away from things that you're really good at so that you can focus on things that you are great at? Mm. Which is something that I think a lot of us find quite difficult, don't we? Because we, we get comfortable in the things yeah. that we're good at. So it's kind of about stepping out of your comfort zone and I actually probably need to reread it. <laughs> That sounds good. I might pick that one up. Yeah, we mm -hmm. get cozy in the comfort zone, don't we? But I do mm -hmm. like anything that kind of suggests that you have to go out because that's where the greatness is. And that's where all the all the exciting stuff is. No, brilliant. Thank you for that. So can you share your leadership journey and some key milestones that shaped your career and what stands out as memorable for you? Definitely. Um, I love talking about my leadership journey. Um, it almost kind of goes back before work, you know, and I think I've I found as sort of my leadership coaching that this is the case for a lot of people. People kind of look at you to lead. Um, and and then that's probably when I started to understand what leadership was, was in school. First time I, I organised a fashion show for, for <laughs> school and I realised the power of bringing people together. But I um, started working quite young and I, there was always just a little part of me that wanted to like to be the boss and to be to be in charge and I've been very fortunate I've been at you know I've been at the firm for 15 years ago we're going on 16 years now gosh it just catches up with you <laughs> and um that's where I've experienced a lot of my leadership journey so going through you know literally climbing the corporate ladder um, and going through a series of promotions and so I would I would sort of look at my my leadership journey as you know starting off not really sure what I wanted to do or who I was and but being curious and wanting to take on more and more responsibility so the first um I, I mean I'll just highlight a couple of things so I could talk about this for forever but we can kind of follow up um the first proper leadership experience that I had in my firm was managing a team of technologists who, who focused in finance which is where I've ended up again and I had a team of three people or so and we were really focused on innovation we were focused on what could we do differently and I learned a lot actually in that situation about the difference between men and women and how they show up and I got the bug for for leading teams really and found out I was quite quite good at it in that particular scenario I learned that men were very good at showcasing themselves and talking about what they had done and the women were less good and I saw that from the perspective of someone who was giving the people feedback and doing appraisals and things like that so that was quite that was quite early on I was a manager then so probably going back over a decade and then I would say another key milestone for me was not getting promoted to senior manager actually sometimes it's the failures that shape 
that shape your leadership journey. And what I had learned there, and I really had to spend a bit of time unpicking why that had happened, because I thought I was a shoe in for that year and I was really ambitious and wanting to get ahead. And I work in a very commercial organisation that's about how do you make money? It's a beautiful culture, but it's, you know, it's commercial at the end of the day. And I just really didn't understand how the business aspect of everything worked. And I just thought if you keep your head down and you do a really good job, that was enough. But a large part of leadership where I am and with, with clients that I work with is about the commercial part of leadership. You know, and you're leading a business oftentimes and not just the people. Mm-hmm. So that was something I had to learn uh, then. So it's probably just a couple of things that have kind of shaped a little bit of, um, I guess, me becoming more senior and taking on more and more responsibility. Interesting. And I'm interested that you talk about the the difference in how men and women show up and the different facets to the business as well and all those and the failure to not get that promotion and the the journey doesn't always go as you think it is but all those little nuggets of um, self-awareness and what's going on with others that build your character as you go through the years and it's so funny your 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 own ideas of of your expectations are completely shattered (laughs) By the time you get to, you know, yeah. your destination and you think this really was not the journey that I planned out. But no, that that's really interesting. And, and how men and women show up is, is interesting for me as well. And it's not it's not, not a bad thing, not a good thing. It's just it's different depending on, on the it's experience. Different. Yeah, very much yeah. so. So were there any specific challenges that you faced on the path to leadership? And um, if there were, how did you overcome them? There, there are probably a couple that I'll pull out. One, um, really early on, I I was getting the feedback that, you know, Lola's really good at what she does and we, you know, we think she's very smart, etc. all very nice things, but she's very direct in her communication style. And honestly, I'll be really honest with you, for a few years, I just really bristled at that feedback and I would just sort of ignore it. And I had a coach at work, a sort of a line manager type role who just said to me finally you know do you want to deal with this and, and get promoted or do you just want to kind of stay where you are and that was probably the first time I learned about really the power of self-leadership through self-awareness and being able to take on feedback basically to build your self-awareness through feedback and what others are noticing about you and it was so pivotal that whole experience not just the specific feedback but the idea that you can act on feedback and then see a reaction that's completely different. People perceive you differently, they receive you differently and you can get things done more efficiently. It completely changed my my relationship with myself and my relationship with continual personal development. So that would that would definitely be be one that I would I would highlight. Yeah. So you were lucky to have a coach in that working environment and I'm going to make the assumption that you had, you knew this coach on a regular basis. So this person had insights to you and was able to give you that feedback in that. So I'm thinking about the term you use direct now, depending Mm -hmm. on the circumstance, that can be a good thing or that that can be. And for me, when I hear the word direct, I I need to the point and quick because sometimes my life can be uh, 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 and I need direct. Um, Mm -hmm. So you so you've taken that as feedback and you know what feedback's uncomfortable it It is it it is uncomfortable and 
suppose the first time that that you get it you know initially it's denial what do you mean direct you know it's and then it, it settles in and, and, and then embeds in and you, you think, oh, OK, but to act on it, that's that takes a lot of courage to mm-hmm. accept it, act on it and turn it around. So you went from direct to what? What what did that look like? Yeah. And, you know, what I really learned was how to flex my style, mm-hmm. because it's not just going from one extreme to another extreme. So you know, just to break it down, add some colour to it, the feedback that I was getting was, I could be straight to the point, and it wasn't always empathetic communication. And why I was frustrated with it was one of my like core values is honesty, very transparent. So I would say, you know, but am I saying something that's incorrect or wrong? They're like, no, 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 it's not what you're saying, because that's all factually accurate. It's the way that you're saying it. And so I had to appreciate that style, the style piece of it was as important as the content. And particularly when you're trying to persuade people. So what I started to take on, and my coach gave me um, the book, I think it was How to Win Friends and Influence People. I'm sure that was the book. A very old book, but still relevant. (laughs) Exactly, very relevant. And to be honest, I can't remember very much from that book now at all, but I do remember this. And this is what I'd incorporated, that um, one thing that you can do when you disagree with someone is instead of saying, but no one likes, but you can say and, right? And you, you, what you should do in conversation is focus on the outcome. So I was always about efficiency. You know, I'm going to say this direct because it's the quickest way to say what's on my mind. But actually, if I focus on the outcome, I want to achieve and the person in front of me, what they're like, what their personality is, then I can flex my style to accommodate that person's personality, what's on their agenda, etc. And it's it served me so well in the time, you know, since that. And it's something that I've coached other people around as well. I actually had a client who had a similar issue to me, and you know, I was able to share this experience and it changed changed her her career, really. Yeah, that's fascinating. And it's almost like you need a different formula depending on who you're communicating with exactly. and my background is communication so I I, I know what what exactly you're talking about and for me it, um, everything I do is is about relationships and diplomacy and there are times when I can I, I can cut through and, and get to the point but it's delivering a message in a way that can improve on the outcome and and yeah the longer term strategy and but I find depending on who the person is my communication style will change and, and that's that's the flex that you talked about it's it's different with no matter who I'm talking to and that's not just work that's that's elsewhere but to learn that about yourself and to apply it and then teach it I think that's really profound because it's um and some people do go through life never making that discovery either not having had the experience of being coached and having the mirror um, put in front of them. But I, I do, have, I think that's really profound. And I recently did an exercise in, um, in the 360 uh, feedback, which was really uncomfortable for me. I love a 360, yeah. <laughs> really, really uncomfortable. So I had, and that was part of my, my learning journey for my qualification. Mm. So I had to go all around me, people I worked with and, and upline and around. 
And immediately, you know, because it was anonymous, it, it, people were were honest and that. So I had to sit and, and read through and, and take it all. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I was really pleased overall. But to sit with that information that was genuinely given with love because I asked for it mm. as part of my qualification. Um, but I just thought this is an absolute gift. Not everybody gets the opportunity to get this information to learn from it and move on from it and and no I think I think that that's really profound that you were able to use that and and then use it in your coaching and and definitely learn from it and and what did you say your coachee then it changed her professional life or their yeah I mean she was dealing dealing with the same thing you know in a different organization and again it came it came back to if you can flex your style will you be able to get on better better with these stakeholders achieve these objectives because a lot of what we're trying to do at work requires collaboration mm-hmm. and buy-in I've, very few of us work in an environment where you can just mandate something you can just ask someone to do something and they'll just do it you need so much collaboration so I mean you'll note this communication is really important to achieve that mm-hmm. and I think if you work in sales because sales is so different and you've got to persuade someone to buy I think well people naturally gravitate towards whatever they're good at but for me sales is the is like the the textbook description of how to get someone to do something that you want them to do so you'll change how you speak to that customer to get them to buy the product whereas when you're dealing with stakeholders or you're dealing with an internal customer or, or whatever it's a little bit different because there's no tangible outcome or or commission yeah. or, or whatever but trying to apply those principles across now that that it is it's fascinating and I, I just love the um you know the the growth of the journey of, of people going through that process so do you have any leaders or role models that have inspired your leadership style anyone influenced you and it doesn't have to be anyone famous I don't have any really famous ones I was really influenced by a couple of um, leaders that I worked for quite quite closely um, during my time at the firm. And one was a lady called Jill, and she was, she was fabulous. She was one of the first female partners in technology, and I've worked most of my career in the technology space. And that can be that can be quite tough. But one thing about her was that she was incredibly whip smart, whip smart but she would get really stuck in. And I think there's a perception that the more senior you become, the more hands-off you become. So, you you know, as a junior person, you're left to kind of your own devices to kind of figure it out and then you go to the, your boss with problems. But at the beginning of a project, she would always kind of say, right, let's kind of map it out together. Let's map out the story of what we're trying to achieve. Let's do that. Or, you know, once the report was done, she would sit down and say, well, let's come up with a straw, straw man with what this should look like. And um, she would really roll up her sleeves and it really showed me a different style of leadership that could be very powerful for coaching the team members, but also very powerful for the outcome. And I really liked that because I think I worked with a lot of people who really were quite hands off and there was kind of a mentality of, you know, the team get on with it and you come to me when, when it's all done and with limited coaching so I I really really loved that about her and I incorporated that immediately I was like oh I didn't know I could do that and I aspire to do that so she really inspired me and then there was um a guy that I work with quite closely who was really good 
at a giving you a lot of responsibility so bringing you to meetings you probably shouldn't be in and giving you more responsibility than you probably should have but always being there to catch you and being really good at giving you the credit and again I, you know I think we all probably have had some negative experiences and I definitely had some where you work for someone who just takes all the credit mm-hmm. for what you have done and I often feel that comes from a place of insecurity and he was the complete opposite and it, it worked very well for his career as well, because A, he had lots of people who wanted to work with him and for him because he was just so good at pulling people through um, and giving them the credit. But then it also made him look like a really good leader to his peers and to his senior people as well. So I learned a lot from that too. And I realised, again, there's another way of leading. Mm-hmm. You can bring people along, you can give them the credit, you can give them lots of praise. You're not going to lose anything by doing that. So, so interesting. And one of the exercises that I do, um, I encourage people to talk about the very best manager they've ever had and the very worst manager they've ever had. And what you've just described definitely falls in <laughs> into those categories. But it's interesting you talk about someone that rolls up their sleeves and gets stuck in, someone that's visible, someone that will get down, get the work done and be present. And the leader that doesn't take credit that will will say oh this person did this work and that other people want to work with that person and ultimately then that leader becomes freed up to do what it is that they want to do because they get the best person on board and when you see and you're right it does come from a place of insecurity but the very best leaders that that I've seen and you know not just in, in my tiny part of the world but globally they're always the ones that are there championing the other people and when you champion someone and you bring out the best in them and you sometimes you you bring out the best in someone and they don't know what that is until you point that out and Mm -hmm. the very fact that you've ignited that spark of excellence in them they're automatically on a better path to working harder working better working smarter so it's you're so lucky to have had that in a working environment you know so and that's what I love about leadership. I love the fact that you can develop other leaders yeah. and you can find, it's the same thing with coaching. You'll find that it's a similar sort of thing. You find that thing in people and they might not have known it was there, just as you said. It's just, it's just like an amazing feeling. Yeah, it is. And, and I love, I love this when I see something in other people and they, they haven't seen it yet. And I always point it out. I always say, yeah. oh, you've got a natural gift for this. You've got a natural gift for that. And, you know, and it's and I'm not wrong because when I've pointed it out, they go off and they pursue it, yeah. and and it, it's it's a self fulfilling prophecy, you know, because I've said, oh, you've got a natural gift for this, but really interesting. And then on you know on the negative side, to crack the whip, to make yourself not available, what results is that going to glean? Absolutely nothing because you're demotivated. There's no incentive, and and I don't mean money or anything like that. You tap into the very, you know, the human nature of a person. You, you know, you're doing well. You're doing a good job. People naturally want to do better, but yeah. the, the, you know, not being visible and working under a culture of fear, and that is not good. And it's not good for your well-being. Not good for your health. You don't want to stay. Um, staff turnover is high. All of those things. And it's, I think nowadays that the shift is is moving. And maybe um, COVID was one of the catalysts for that change because all of a sudden we were working under these terrible circumstances and Mm. we all just had to to work as one to do the very best that we could 
But I think you were really, really lucky to have had that experience. And I've had it too. And I, I am grateful and I still hear good, you know, good um advice in my head when I when I need to do something. And and I truly value all the, the, the great leaders that I've had in my life. I still hear what they would have said and I still hear their voices on it. And mm. I am glad and it does stay with you, doesn't it? And it if does. you if you can become that leader for someone else, it's just like passing the, the bat on down to the next person, which is, you know, part of coaching as well, isn't it? If you could give one piece of advice then to an aspiring female leader or your younger self, what would it be? Well, there's so many things. I, I really feel like being yourself and being human is the most important advice I could give to anybody. I think there's a nuance with being a female leader um it's depending on the environment that you're in it can be quite challenging and I think that you know this is obviously a generalization but we often are conditioned to put everyone else first and to you know a high degree of people pleasing and actually a lot about leadership is the confidence to be yourself so that then you can you stand in your own values and you can role model for other people so I would say have the confidence to be yourself and be human, you know, never, never, never let go of that empathy because it, I think it is what separates the good leaders from the, the bad leaders like we've just been talking about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely having that being, being authentic enough to be yourself. And for me, it's compassion and humanity and being able to connect with with another human and that that's really important to me as well and I think that goes a long way and if you try to be something that you're not it doesn't last for long it'll fall over at, at some point so what leadership principles or values do you consider absolutely non-negotiable so I have three things I like things that all begin with the same letter so my three are empathy excellence and efficiency these are my, my leadership principles. So empathy, I think, is pretty self-explanatory. It's about being able to put yourself in the shoes of, of somebody else, whether that's your team, it's your clients, it's other stakeholders, being able to treat people with compassion. I, I really think this is the job of leaders, not only to embody that, role model it, but to coach around it, teach it. And then I would say excellence, because for me, leadership is really about, about two things. It's about a mission, you know, what is that mission? What is that overall thing that you're trying to achieve? And who are the people that that mission is going to serve or and are going to deliver that mission? And, you know, we wouldn't be doing that if we didn't want to do it well. So this is excellence, excellence for me. And also, you know, excellence is that feeling of it underpins continuous improvement, innovation, all of that stuff. And leadership for me is also about innovation. So excellence is really key. And then efficiency, because, you know, we've talked about my direct communication style. I like things quick. <laughs> and it's about what's the straightest road to get somewhere? What's the, sim the simplest way to get somewhere? I do think the job of leaders as well is to cut through the noise. I, I, find, I find most of my job at the moment is prioritising, reprioritising, reprioritising and sharing that with my teams because it's so busy. There's so much going on. So being really clear about, actually, this is the thing that we want to do. And this is the straightest path to get to the mission, the most efficient path, I think is really key. That is true. And if you've ever noticed, projects do tend to go off on a tangent. 
to yeah, <laughs> yeah. and that that must be the the common denominator and you as a leader then you can bring that back to center and and, and cut through to the you know to the main goal but i i do i've noticed that a lot of times sort of tangents going off and that must be the the skill of the leader mm-hmm. to to bring people right back to to focus yeah. on the task at hand so balance we talked about the book um that you've written so balance and harmony how do you manage to keep everything harm keep a balance in your life and get everything done so I have got better at this over time and there are some really practical things like you know and I'll touch on them like you know how you manage your diary and delegation and all of that but if there's one thing that has really helped me achieve better work-life balance over time is releasing the opinions of other people and the attachment I have to the significance that comes from working a lot of long hours. And in my industry, you know, long hours is, is a big part of it. And it's a big part of the culture, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily generate the outcomes, but it's a big part of the culture. And going back to the, the efficiency is one of my core values. Over time, I started to see that burning myself out wasn't getting to the outcomes efficiently. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of a logical you know, I kind of sat down with myself and I'm just tired, you know, um, it's not, it's not actually generating the result, but I had to let go of the idea that I was, my worth was measured on my input, which okay. is something that is very, it's taken me a while. And I've noticed with other people, they find this quite difficult to do. And it also, I was able to do that because I had a track record as well. So I don't want to mislead people. I've had a track record of a lot of really good delivery and people trust you. So you kind of get a bit more freedom back to, you know, and trust to manage your diary and things like that. So that's kind of a almost an esoteric kind of philosophical point. But then some more practical things are I put everything in the calendar, everything, um, including space, as in I just need space there, like, you know, to do whatever comes up, because I know something will come up. So um, I also am very lucky. I have an excellent PA who is, helps me with this. And she makes sure that, you know, random things aren't going in there and I'm not, you know, I'm not going outside of my boundaries. And then back to this whole concept of leadership, developing other leaders so that I can effectively delegate is one of the, the main things. And those those things at work which is where I spend most of my time really helped me balance everything but I do think it's a, it's a mindset first if you tell yourself I can't do it you, you won't you won't be able to yeah mm. my mindset is is the absolute key and you mentioned boundaries as well it's mm. very important to honor those boundaries and blocking out space in your diary I hadn't thought of that one <laughs> You've got to try calendar blocking. You've got to try it. I used to do other things like to do lists and all, all of that, but you know, you then see how much time you don't have when you put everything in the in the calendar. Yeah. I, might, I might try that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And my final question, Lola, what legacy do you hope to leave as a leader, and how do you measure the impact of your leadership? Oh, it's a, such a good question. Um, because this is where this is probably my favorite work to do with other leaders which is what is their leadership legacy <laughs> and, and it's you know and I probably haven't spent as much time thinking about it but working with clients who are maybe to, coming towards the end of their careers or wanting to do something different 
thinking about well, what is it that they want to have left behind so I, I love doing this type of work but for, so for me it's really about have I have I created other leaders you know I'd like people to to say she really helped me become the best leader I could be and that's it's difficult to measure um, you can't necessarily it doesn't work necessarily to count up all of the people that you've done mm-hmm. that for because even if it's just one person you could have really made a fantastic difference to them you know mm-hmm. them feeling like they can achieve their potential and then go go on to pay it forward to other people that for me is very important I think the other piece of it though and this links back to more my coaching is you know I want to do more writing on what leadership is because I feel like there's so much awful leadership out there and we've been talking about leadership and writing about it and studying it for decades at this point mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem to have improved mm-hmm. I mean if you look outside of the business realm you look at politics and things like that it's I think it's the worst it's ever been if I'm really honest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I'd like to make a small contribution to well why is that you know what could what can we really do to kind of improve leadership and the outcomes associated with that you know climate change all of these things I, I see them as leadership problems mm-hmm. so um yeah, I would love to have a small contribution to that at some point when I get the time to, to do some more writing. Yeah. Well, you mentioned your book. What's it called? It's called The Graduate Code, um, Hacking Your First Big Four Role in Professional Services. And it's really targeted at, at people, leaders in the earlier stage of their journey. So I'll say aspiring leaders who are kind of going into professional services you know for the first time and I definitely was one of those I had no clue about this industry and it works in a very particular way it's also helpful if if you're not in that industry too but it's it's a lot about how can you make yourself stand out while fitting in Mm -hmm. you know I love that so you wrote the book that you would have needed yourself yes (laughs) and your website is so interesting what, what's the web address again? LolaEvans.co? Is that- yeah, LolaEvans.co is the, is the website. And you can also find me on Instagram at LolaEvans.co. And yeah, that's where I do, do my coaching. You can find out a little bit about my, my leadership philosophy, which underpins the work that I do with clients. And I did have a, have a look and you have some, you have some very interesting areas of research um what you describe as nerding out and I, I was getting <laughs> absorbed into it which which is just my my geek zone as well <laughs> yeah yeah but thank you so much Lola. it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I could talk all night about all of these things and it's it just been a real joy thank you so much Hi, me too thank you so much for having me it's been a pleasure talking to you thank you for listening to the leadership insights podcast today and special thanks to my lovely guest Lola Evans Join me on the next episode for more inspirational leadership stories and insights. You can follow me on Instagram at Coach Amanda Jean or visit my website amandajean.co.uk. Bye for now.